Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Flames Fancast. It's uh, Saturday, October... I don't even know. <laughs> it's Saturday. It's the 19th. <laughs> it's Saturday at 6 o'clock, the 19th. We're recording wow. a couple hours before the LA Kings game with the Flames. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's great, great intro. This one's a, for the blooper reel, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, that's it's been an okay funny. start to the season. Eight games played, nine points. Underwhelming start to the season. <sighs> Could be worse. You expected better, didn't you? I did, yeah, I did. I expected better, I hoped for better. But, I mean, <laughs> you know what? Watching the Flames come back, I've just felt so many different emotions. Like... In the games themselves, it, it's just a roller coaster. It's like, we're so bad. Okay, we're, we're not that bad. And then it, it goes back to, we're really bad. Like, this could be a really long season. And then it goes back to, oh, we're doing just fine. And then, oh, we are awful. I don't yeah, know if you yeah. felt that. We but have way too much the, of this bipolar the, shit the P- going on with our fans. Like The PTSD is real. Yeah, it's almost too real. And it's almost like, why don't you just take a step back and just calm down? It's eight games, like. Things will get better or worse. But, I mean, eight games but, is just under 10% of the season. And it hasn't well, exactly, been... Exactly. Pro- it's just under 10% of the season. Yeah, but that's, that's a lot. No, it's not. Okay, well, when do you take, when do you take stock? If you, if you slip for... T- like, Minnesota, they're screwed. They're done. You have, like, a 10% chance getting into a car accident every day. Like, you don't, you don't 10% care. 10% chance. Like, that's not, it's not enough for you to carry right now. It shouldn't, be, it shouldn't matter right now for the season. Minnesota's, they're screwed. They have two points. They, they look like crap. Okay, we said that about St. Louis last year. No, we didn't. We no, said well, they, weren't, we, they we, didn't look the, great. But Minnesota is actually... We. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, everybody was like, oh, we're cleaning house. We're trading everybody. Everyone's on the block. Yeah, you mean St. Louis said that about St. Louis. Well, and then they the went NHL, on to win the cup. Come on, man. Everybody was like... No, the St. Louis GM was like, we'll trade anyone. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what I meant. I'm I was just saying, like, okay, LA has got four points, uh, and Ottawa's got three. These guys look... But no one was expecting out, anything from Ottawa. Minnesota's no, got no two. No one was expecting anything from LA. I guess that Central Division's pretty tough. I mean... What do I what do I know or care really about the Central Division? But they just Minnesota sucks. They're they're no you know, good. By your logic, we should be looking at the playoff bracket right now. <laughs> Who are we playing next? Uh, we're not even in. Oh, we're playing the Abs in the first round. So <laughs> no, we're out. No, no. <laughs> we're done. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, underwhelming start. I think if I were to kind of sum up the first eight games, it's just. It feels like we just can't score. You know, I've been kind of I've just saying the same thing. I watch but. these games and it's I, I I'm surprised because it looks like we're so bad, but yet we still manage to make a go of it. Right. And at other times we manage to look really solid. And you know, I think a lot of that has been thanks to Riddick, and he's been he's been great for us. And I know you'll definitely speak to that. He's played seven of those eight games. Isn't it a statement of a good team to get points when you're not playing well and to, and to keep doing... I mean, you still put in good performances when... You know, like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You find a way to win even right. when you're not at like your I, best. That was the most dyslexic way I could ever explain it. But I, <laughs> I was just trying to say we're getting points when we don't feel like we deserve it and we're also playing well. But I don't, I don't want that. I, I want it... Don't get cocky, but... 
is that sustainable? No. Are we just going to are we just going to play at 60% the whole season and find a way to get points? Yeah. And I mean that that brings up a bigger argument as to whether, you know, are you happy about the way your team plays or are you happy about if they just win? Cuz we could play like garbage and win every night, but do you feel good from that? See, that's just and that's a philosophical thing. Like a lot of people will be like, "Well, I'll just take the point." It's almost like everybody's comment after a shitty game when you're at the stadium, everyone's like, "Well, we got a point." And it's like it's almost yeah, a cop out, right? No one's saying that. That saying that is in like we lost, but at least as this silver lining, we got a point. Right. You don't win and get a point. No one ever says, "Well, we just got two points." I, well, I, yeah, or we got lucky that time, or whatever. I think if you boil it down, everybody would rather just have the points and then forget about the aesthetics of the game. I'm actually in the camp of I'd love to see much better hockey. If we lose, but it looked like we were playing way better and uh, we were, you know, creative, cre- uh, creatively better on the ice and had way more chances, then I don't mind losing like that. But obviously, we can't make a habit of it. Have you felt that from the early parts of the season, you also drift to making grand sweeping conclusions? Oh yeah, I've done that too. Everyone's done that. Oh, it's well. The, it's the, worst the worst is when you start bargaining with yourself. <laughs> Every game. Well, if we score, uh, we got what ten minutes left. We need to score four. <laughs> so we need to score. I remember so we talking. We got to score every two and a half minutes. <laughs> I remember talking to you about one of our games where I just thought, you know, the core of this team is not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And I know on the last podcast, we talked about having that window. Our window is three years with these really good contracts for these strong players in our core. And we have to make something of it in that time. But I look at these guys and I just wonder, you know, do they have the the character and the wherewithal and the all-roundedness to, of, of a modern NHL player that's going to take you all the way to a cup final and then have the goods to do it? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to make those conclusions, especially when I look at Nothing really is jumping out at me as inspiring when I look at the playoffs last year and the first eight games of this season. It doesn't leave me particularly optimistic for the future. I look at it with a bit of dread from thinking about April and those games against Colorado where we got absolutely wrecked. And we just, we, we don't have a player like McKinnon. McKinnon is probably like one of the top three guys in the NHL and just that speed and drive into the zone we don't I remember just watching a play and it's like I think it was Backlund it's like he has an opportunity to drive to the net here and he just laid up held the puck and made a simple pass it's like why aren't you pushing why aren't you skating at those defenders and charging the net and I don't know if we have anyone that really does that and I don't know if that's the real real key to you know you're listening to this podcast of us talk about what we don't know aren't you happy but I stress about the kind of players that we have, and that was another one of those grand sweeping conclusions that I made, is that if we're looking at Backlund, he's over 30, and the contract that he's got going on forward, and he's our second-line guy, I don't think we're going to be happy with that for many years to come. I think we're going to be shouldered with the burden of his contract for a while, and I can't see the guy improving, just declining, to be frank. Nothing really has, nothing is, when I watch Backlund and I try to watch him for positive things, nothing really inspires me from his play. And, you know, you can listen to Kelly Rudy talk about the 3M line and all their chemistry. Like, he makes Troy Brower seem like Connor McDavid, but 
ah, I just, that 3M line has declined since they had that one amazing season, mostly uh, in the stats department and in the Corsi department for sure. But I mean, I don't know if it's there anymore. And that might bleed into why we've seen a lot more of the line juggling this year, aside from the top line, which is generally stuck together. Yeah, no, I think you summed it up pretty good there. But I would I would just counter-argue, and it's not actually something that... I'm not discounting what you're saying at all. I, I think if you don't have a goalie, like a real number one goalie, you will never win a cup. No, I agree with you and, 100%. And you could have... You can have your um, McKinnons and McDavid's and all that stuff, but if you don't have that guy backstopping you, like could it, it Riddick be a matter. Bennington? I think so. Well, so far so good. Because I, I mean, I'm happy that he's played seven of those eight games, and and that's what it should I, be. I like. like his attitude. You know, watching him, he's like, like in that Detroit game, he's like, yeah, I can be better. I can always be better, and he's like, there's always something you can do better. Well, we said it here first. We 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 kept. We, how many episodes have we had where we sat there and said, we can't have the 1A, 1B bullshit. Give one of these guys a number one. Glad we're doing it with Riddick. Now he's showing the dividends that we're... Like, he's paying dividends right away now. Out of the, he's played seven out of the eight games. He's played incredibly solid. Yeah, I can he should only be maybe, starting tonight too, right? Absolutely. Talbot will probably go tomorrow in Anaheim. Yeah, but. like on a back-to-back, I could see Talbot playing all good. Like, that's why you have a backup. But with Riddick... I can only remember maybe one soft goal, maybe. And even then, it's like we're so desensitized to that because we've seen some real howlers in the last like four or five years. But <laughs> Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Uh, Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott. <laughs> Many times, Brian Elliott. Um, but yeah, like, agreed. Like, there's, I feel like they're, so secondary scoring needs to step up. They did against Detroit which was good to see, but it was against Detroit. It would be nice ah. to see a more formidable opponent getting scored on by our secondary units. I think it's getting there. I think if you, if you look at the timeline, or sorry, the, the performance timeline of the first eight games, I think in general we're getting slightly better and better and better. Um, lots, of, lots of line mixing in the last few games, a little bit forced, obviously last game with the whole Lindholm, uh, Mangiapane thing. So it was good to see there was some pretty good chemistry with the, with the juggled lines as well, which makes me happy. And I actually saw there's one line that I've always wanted to see. And uh, I wanted to see Bennett, Backlund, and Lucic on a line because I feel like all three of them offer something completely different from each other. Well, I and mean, we saw glimpses of that in the third period against Detroit. Looked pretty good. And I was like really happy to see that, in general, our chemistry with all the line juggling that we were doing looked quite good. So I think if we just build on uh, some of the positives, I-, I think the team will look much better. Riddick being as good as he is right now is going to give this team a lot more breathing room to do the experimentation up front, to do even experimentation on the defensive side as well. Not that we need to really do it, uh, would like to see Brody down in the third line. Frankly, Anderson deserves it way more than anyone else. Agree, but, agree. Um, that's an aside. Uh, but yeah, like just keep giving Riddick these games, and and I think it will come. I think all of it will come, and we'll deal with. Let's wait maybe another twenty more games before we 
you know, make draw sweeping, yeah, <laughs> sweeping uh, conclusions on conclusions on 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 the future of this team and the dynamics of playoff. It's hockey. done. Sell everyone. We need to make yeah. the playoffs first. While they have value, sell them. Oh, get rid of everyone, everybody. <laughs> so tonight's game, L.A. Calgary, Kachuk, Dowdy. I mean, I think it's just. It's just gone a bit crazy, and Dowdy seems to be really salty about the whole thing. Isn't this thing blown up way too much? I, I like, know. I'm... Kachuk is Kachuk, and Dowdy can't seem to handle it. I just want us... You know what? I'll take us an overtime win tonight with Kachuk with the winner, and he just, like, skates around five laps, just slowly taking off, like, every little bit of clothing that he's what got you... until he's down to his jock strap. Then he like... goes over to Dowdy, and he's like, yeah. X-rated ice capades that you want. Yeah. Why are you... I'm actually like gyrating on the couch as I'm know, doing that. My, yeah, just, you're making just, me uncomfortable. Just so you can visualize that at home. Um, I'm kind of done with that yeah. whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I, done. I with think it it's, too. I think it's just so overblown. Like, as if you've never seen two players play like this or take a shot at each other or anything like that. It just happens to be one of the most prominent uh, instigators in the game versus one of the most outspoken players in the game. And then when you bring these two personalities in one space, obviously they're going to be, you know, it, it's going to be a big bang. Maybe it uh, sells tickets. I don't know. Well, I mean, LA needs every advantage they can get to sell tickets at this, t- at this point in their, in their uh, franchise. But I mean, as long as, as long as Kachuk plays the way he can play, I don't care. You know, Dowdy could take a stick to the guy's face as long as he's okay and he's playing his game. I don't care. Like, none of this stuff matters to me. Our players can do drugs outside the ice. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if they punt a baby. If they just, like, if they just play the game, it's okay. I don't actually mean that. But uh, my point is, is that, like, as long as they're focused on the ice, I don't really care what they kind of do off the ice. Um, obviously I'm not condoning any type of <laughs> baby, punting? baby, baby punting behavior or anything <laughs> horrible that hurts people. But <laughs> the point is don't really care. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of done with it, I, but I'm tired of the media kind of covering yeah. it too, but they it, need, it sells. They right? gotta, they, they gotta keep themselves employed, right? It's a story, write about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more exciting than talking about, um, Ronaldo and, in his AHL days right now, right? Like, Yeah. Ah, I mean, do you think we'll see him at all this I, year? I it's got to be at some point. I think you will see him. You'll probably see him uh, come up when either there was a, a, just a massive brawl of a game prior, and then we just need to bring him up to send a message to somebody. I don't really see him coming up in terms of performance merit. I don't think he's the type of player that's going to score 30 points in, in 20 games and deserve a call-up like, like Quine did, for example. But he's, I think he's just this infantry you call in when, when you need it. Which I think maybe it'll be about, what, 10 games that you'll see that at most? Yeah, at most. At most. He hasn't even got a sniff of the first team yet. But I mean, down the stretch, maybe you've got a couple injuries and for depth. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm not really banking on him being a regular at all at this point. Uh, how about Gio? Still clicking, still clocking. Yeah, he picked up where he left off. No complaints. 
he's uh, still he's still the core of our defense. That's for sure. He he quarterbacks our team pretty much. I mean, uh, and I'm all for putting Anderson on that line to possibly learn as much as he can from this guy because right now he's looking like the successor that we've got. And I'm also thankful, just to segue into that, that we've got Shillington playing instead of Stone. Agreed. And he's been, I think he's been steadily improving. A bit of a rocky preseason, but. I'm glad we've given him that chance. And, you know, we're really recognizing that these young players are going to be the future and we need to give them the roles. And I'm, I'm appreciative that we're doing that. I know it not, might not necessarily have been something that we've done in years before, but... And you know who's also having a good season? Hannafin. Oh, your boy. Yeah, my boy, who I like, I need you to be better, but You've you know, at the same, criticized at the same time, Dougie is tearing it up in Carolina, but they're also looking pretty good this year. And, but you know, Hannafin's been, been, been rock solid. And I think that that contract is going to come good for us, especially if he, you know, if he's given chances on the first unit or some power play time on the second unit, for example, I really think we need to phase Brody out and either look for a trade for this guy, because I don't think he's going to resign with us. Yeah. But if we're going to resign one of those guys, it's going to be Hamannick. The more you wait, though, the less value this guy's going to have. I think, uh, well, perennially in the NHL, nothing really happens until trade deadline day. You have one or two maybe big trades, but not much is going down. And, I mean, what are we going to get for this guy? Let's go outside the box here. Try to do the trade earlier. Yeah, sure. What's the the problem? I don't know. How how do you feel about Treleving re-upping with us? I'm okay with it. I think, you know, you can't argue the team is... The team is quite good in the last, what, five years? I know, I know you don't want to talk about it, but that Neil Lucic deal, it, yeah, it, but okay. it looks pretty grim for I'm us. Not, and I was, gonna, I, I was a fan. Why are we? I was a fan of the trade. It just, just from the fact that it just looks like Lucic's days as an NHL player are done, and James Neal still got it. And we, your GM couldn't recognize that on both fronts. This, it's troubling to me. I'm going to break my no kneel talking <laughs> policy for just one minute here. And I'm hoping you don't bring it up ever again. But <laughs> James Neal needed to leave Calgary. Milan Lucic needed to leave Calgary. You at mean the time, Edmonton. Or sorry, Edmonton. The, at the time when that trade was done, there was no other trade available for James, James Neal. Neal or Milan Lucic for that matter. Maybe a uh, your favorite bro in Vancouver, Louis Erickson. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's maybe, no, that's maybe a, that's that a was, no-go. Yeah. Okay, but but maybe that was like the only alternative outside of that. So at the time of the trade, that was the best deal we could possibly get. So you can't hold the GM responsible for that. Number one. Number two, if if what was true about James Neal, uh, all those rumors that people heard or read or whatever, and the fact that he himself looked so disinterested on the ice for at least the last half of the season, uh, he needed to go anyhow. And I'm not going to get into statistics right now, but he is not necessarily scoring because he's... I don't want to use the word earning it. He's earning it, but there's you're with McDavid on the power play. The end. If you were on the power play with McDavid, you'd probably have at least five goals, and you don't even play hockey. McDavid is the type of player that can shoot the puck off your cheek and score. Mm-hmm. And 
James Neal, who has an above average IQ in the game and knows how to score, he scored before, he's just complementing that architecture created by McDavid on the ice. So not going to get into how many power play points versus five on five points the guy has. And good for him. He's doing well. But there was, you, I can't criticize Trelving on this. There was nothing better available. Now, Lucic, it might be a player that we need as a team anyway. He may not be putting up the points. That I don't personally care. I don't expect him to get many. I never did when we got him. I expect him to do the things that we don't have. Get tough. Stand up for our players. I don't want Bennett and Kachuk standing up for our players all the time. And even to a degree, Riddick. Riddick almost came out and fought Helm when he two-handed lumberjacked fucking Lindholm to the ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was a Ron Hextall play, man. <laughs> you remember that Ron Hextall double-handed? I remember the one, Ken yeah. Nielsen I remember whatever, the one. Roger, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> Jesus. Like, like, so he's here and he's doing what he needs to do. If he gets some points, great. But as long as he's physical, there was a, on the replay on, on, the, uh, on the goal that Bennett scored against Detroit, I think it was Rudy. I can't remember now. But whoever's doing the color commentary of that, that, uh, that game, he made the point of saying the defender, the Detroit defender actually got out of the way knowing that Lucic was coming to get that puck. That defender beat Lucic to the puck, got out of the way. Lucic won the puck on the boards, made that pass from the net, Bennett scored. That, that's the shit that we don't have, and but, we finally but, got it. Okay, I, that's Detroit. I'd, okay, but it's eight games too. As long as he does shit like that, he's worth it for me. Okay. At this point. I mean, I mean, in the eyes of everyone else outside of Calgary, I think it's a shit deal, but I, 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 can, underst- I can understand that I think Neil did have to go. I'll agree with that. I think that this was the trade on offer and that we addressed some needs that we had, especially toughness. It's just, it just, oh, it rankles me to my core to I watch know, but him. This is, but this is like buying something and you, you really wanted and you didn't know it was going to be on sale like fucking two months later. Like, at the time of the purchase, that was the best price you thought you could get. This is like trading. It's trading 101. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. But we didn't know. We didn't know. So, you know, it's a fucking game. But he had to go. Neil wasn't going to do this with the Flames. I'll put it that way. If he stayed with the Flames, you think he'd have like nine goals or on fucking pace for a hundred? <laughs> there you go. I broke no, my fucking statistics. Okay, I don't. I'm not talking about this anymore. I don't think about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. No more. How don't. about Bennett though? All the penalties being juggled between in third and fourth line, <coughs> not having me. the most successful season that he could have so far. When perhaps it was a real opportunity for him at the beginning of the year to make a name for himself this season to truly establish himself. How many how many chances does this guy get? I yeah, I I've been kind of underwhelmed with him. I'm a big fan. Underwhelmed though. I I The penalties, time, man. The, I penalties know, the penalties are so bad. Much. But the team itself's been taking a lot of penalties. But how do you coach that out of him? Like that's been a problem forever. Yeah. And whatever we've done has not worked. How do you say Bennett stop taking these absolutely atrocious penalties? I just cling on to his I cling on to big game Bennett cuz big game Bennett is awesome. And then whenever, whenever like average game Bennett comes in like that, I, I get all like, ah, fuck. Well, he's due for a big game, so it'll be forgiven later. 
I know the penalties are they're stupid. Yeah, frankly. very I mean, stupid. And so you got penalties like not even in our zone. They're they're like penalties like offensive zone, zone penalties that are just just un- interference hooking type things. Just oh. it's it, it is one of those things where you want to kind of go up to and be like, we're putting this on YouTube. We're locking you in a room and repeating this for four hours <laughs> until you've just learned stop fucking doing this shit. What what was going I mean, on whatever, in your mind whatever, when you did that? Whatever all the coaches have done to this point has not worked. Yeah. He is still perennially taking bad penalties. And maybe maybe you have to go a little bit harder, like punishment. Like, Sam, stop. And it doesn't even seem like the kind of line juggling or demotion to the fourth line or even benchings have worked for him. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, how do, you, how do you iron that out of someone's game that perhaps it's so ingrained in a player at this point, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know shit about hypnotism. coaching in the NHL, so. Hypnotism. That's, we should try that. Just there was, a, there was an that. old goalie that used to get hypnotized. They probably lots of them. They just don't admit it. I think I remember which goalie you're talking about. He I just used to can't play remember on his Pittsburgh. Name. Yeah. He's like I, a B, 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 B goalie, though. B. B. B, 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 B. Yeah, he was not As a star. Tyler develops threats. I think it started with H. Hedberg? Uh, Yon- I, I, know, I know that you, I, I've heard of this. I, I don't remember the guy's name. Jonas Hedberg? Is that a real player? Well, Hed- I don't think Hedberg was a goalie. Was he a goalie? I, we, we, we have this magical tool called Google. Well, let's, let's look it up, everybody. <laughs> As I'm looking it up, I'm hoping Tyler fills the time. No, that's not. That's not Mitch Hedberg is a singer. Yeah, Jonas Hedberg. Yeah, jo- right. Johan okay. Hedberg. Johan. Moose. Um, that was his nickname, Moose? Yeah. So Did he play in Pittsburgh? If yeah, he, he did. did. Okay, that's the guy I'm thinking so of. He got hypnotized. Yeah, that's the guy. But I don't know if that works for Bennett. I was actually half joking. But oh. I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Your jokes are awful. Are you sure? Yeah, I heard them tonight, <clears throat> and they're painful. Painfully bad. It's going to be painful when I end this friendship. <laughs> For you. Uh, um, I think you sit him a couple games. If you, yeah, really I mean, that's, that seems like the extreme but perhaps necessary next step for this guy. But I don't know. Yeah. How about the general take on all of the line juggling that's gone on this year? I'm okay with it. Yeah? I think, I think this is, if there's a time to do it, it's when your goalie's hot early in the season and everyone's it seems like everyone's kind of gelling uh you don't want to do it when you're losing a whole whack of games because i think everybody tries to overcompensate too much on the ice and they don't play their natural game um and also if you're losing a lot that means your goalie's letting in a lot i wouldn't mind seeing kachuk on the first line yeah me too i mean he'd have to play on his off wing but why not give it a whirl Maybe get that Swedish connection going with back home, ba- back home, back home, Fuck. back home, Lindholm and Backlund. See, see if that works for a bit. Froelich's been all right too. I mean, I can't say I'm terribly disappointed with how he's been. <laughs> and I mean, the third and fourth lines have. Someone's gonna like listen to this one day and be like, "These guys don't know English," <laughs> or. Or they both have a speech impediment that they just can't seem to like admit to themselves. Well, I was trying to say Backland and Lindholm, but I just said back home. It was not a bad that could work for that line. Yeah. If you had like a back home fro line. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I'm okay with the juggling. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, I'd like some. I just like some solidity going down the line later on. Maybe January, February, we've really got it figured yeah, out. But early on, I'm glad it. we're we're really fluid with it. Mm-hmm. And I know we mentioned this already, but moving Anderson up to the Brody spot. Yeah, I, but he deserves it. He does. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But line juggling and moving a guy to a different line um, under the guise of his performance is, uh, you know, I don't consider that a juggle, right? When we see line juggling, it means Peters is trying to see a little bit more chemistry out of something else. But for a guy like Anderson, he deserves to be on the first line, like deserves it. Yeah, so, and I think we should give him those opportunities, power play opportunities. Well, he's on the second unit, is he not? Yeah, for... With Brody? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if our power play has been looking the okay, greatest the, yet. Our power but... play shit. Yeah. And, like, we got to stop this fucking drop pass. Stop it. Everyone's doing it, and everybody is fucking calling us on it. Like, they move three guys up to the top of the... Uh, sorry, they move three guys up to the blue line, and then they move one defender back. It's almost like a... They, they vacuum vacuum fucking Goudreau in on that blue line and he's forced to just do some half-ass fucking dumping, which we're not prepared for. and Or he tries to make that like walk-the-line type pass along the blue line. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I, nah, just I, do something. Well, we don't have that player that can really penetrate the zone. We need like an NFL like fucking offensive coach to like come in and give us some creative ways to do this. Because as a person who's watching the game, when I see that like wall of defenders on our power play, yeah. I just think to myself, Johnny, just chip it up in the air and just dump it into the corner and then have our wingers ready to just pounce on it the second you do that chip. That way, and it's only one defender back there that's going to be fighting for it against p- potentially two of our guys. Like this, this drop pass, carry it in looks fucking stupid now because everybody calls well, the it. The book's out on us, the right? The book's out. Change it. This is why you get paid the big bucks. Like power play coach. Us. It's not on us. What, what would you do? I would change it. Yeah. I would I would I would try to make a more penetrating play with a player gaining the zone, not losing the puck immediately, which is right. what always happens with us. Yeah. And then sometimes the worst part is we'll do the little drop pass, we'll gain the zone and we're in the zone and we'll still dump it. Right, exactly. I can't take that. If you're in the zone, just put on the brakes right away and make that lateral pass. I mean, just try something. Stop dumping the puck on the power play because we just lose it more often than we get it. Just please stop dumping it in. And if you're going to dump it, dump it as soon as you gain the red line. Fake that drop pass and just bang. And then everyone's got to be onside and knowing what's going to happen because it looks like there's a lot of confusion in our zone entry. And maybe it's just something they don't want to practice, but it's one of our areas of our game that needs the most work. And I think if we're going to have a successful season, our power play has to be pretty well oiled by the time April rolls around. Agreed. And I don't know if that's currently happening at this point. but Or just spread it out. Just spread out the fucking something that's not... Like, it's different. Can't, Something. Can't you have a play where you have the two fucking wingers at the ends of the ice, or at the ends of the blue line. Gio's bringing up the puck, passes it to one of those guys on the sides, and then those guys pass it back, pretending it like it looks like it's going to Gio. Gio kind of lets the puck go, and Johnny's trailing him, 
That way, it looks like Gio's about to get the pass back to cross the line. Instead, he kind of lets it go and goes to Johnny. Instead, Johnny comes in. I swear, a defender will be pulled away thinking Gio's going to receive that pass instead of Johnny. It's like a meg. Or sorry, it's like a dummy play in soccer. Right. Yeah. It's the same shit. Do something fucking different. This fucking drop pass to Johnny makes me want to smash my TV every time I see it. Stop doing it. Everybody calls well, it. Well, it's just so easy to read because you've got Goudreau skating up behind Gio and they, they know what's coming, right? right? And Johnny does not have that capacity to charge the zone. I mean, I hate to harken back to April again, but if you watched McKinnon when he did that to us, we had no way to defend against that. No, because he's a big, fast Goudreau body. is not that player. We have to play to our strengths. We can't play to... Uh, just a generic play that's not going to work for our players. Exactly. So you tactically outsmart these guys, spread the play out, do something different. Like, I, I swear to God, like a dummy play like that would work. It would work. The reality is you have to try. Until you try, well, all you need, All you need is three plays on your, on your docket that you could run at any given time that can be masked at a certain period or they don't know which one of the three is going to come. Right. Or even two. If you just had two plays, they don't know which one it's going to be. It would work. But for us, every single time, it's the same thing. And it's irritating. It's irritating. But that, but we digress. That's the job of the offensive coach or the power play coach. Would love to see an NFL coach come in and do that because they got to be creative as fuck on the fly. But anyway, that's something that will never happen. Um, that's yeah. all I got. Can I just say that Geo is just fucking killing it? Yeah, he is. Like, and he's killing it as a fucking human being, too. You want to, like, this guy's 36. He just won a fucking Norris. You know, like, he can just play undrafted. Game, undrafted. Had a stint in the KHL before returning to the NHL. Played in fucking Soviet Russia. Comes back. Like, the guy is fucking killing it. Like, how many of us can say we're 36? I just played the Kings, you know, hopefully we win. And he goes home, he probably has a scotch. Like the guy, and he won a, he's got a fucking Norris under one arm, right? <laughs> he's got like a couple Western Conference titles or one Western Conference title. On his other no arm. one has that. Come on. No one is carrying around their Western Conference championship I, I banner. Would, I would carry it. <laughs> if I didn't win a cup, I'd do it. I would not. Uh, but the guy, he's fucking killing it. Like, what a life. Yeah, he's great. And, and I'm, and I'm just 36, worried about when, when, when we, we need to find a replacement for him Like, soon. this guy can grow a mustache and nobody will care. They'll be like, this guy's fucking killing it. He just know. always seems to have the perfect amount of stubble, though, too, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's because it's, it's the genetics at that point. Yeah, he's, he's bald, but like his, the facial hair on him just I, grows I, like crazy. I, I salute you. Yeah, the no. guy like he's fucking killing it. Glad, glad we've got as him. As, glad as we've got player. him. I, I fucking love it. Best defender in the league. All right, I think. Watch I'm... out, Oscar Clefbaum. <laughs> what a bitch. Okay, nah. Anything else? No, nah, nah, I'm good. That's episode forty-six of the Flames Fancast. This is the part where I pretend like I say something smart. But uh, we'll be back, episode forty-seven, in a week or two. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Flames, go! As always. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Good night.